who's going to share some vision for where we're going in the future. Um, so let's actually let's stand and, and give a really um, warm appreciation of the constantly coming to God, God, you speak into the body of the church. Alex, do you want to just stand for a moment? I just want to say thank you to this man here. Um, Alex is the one who has put um, love from St. Albans together and is, is providing the energy and the leadership to make it happen. Alex, thank you. You can, you can take a seat. Um, someone who just wanted Alex himself enjoys door knocking. Have we, have we got any others like that? Crazy people? Any other crazy people? Yeah. You've done a lot too in that area. But just loves getting out and meeting people, engaging with people, worked in jobs that have seen that happen. And bring able to bring that enthusiasm and skill over into the church and say, hey, let's 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 get us out into the community on one day with real impact. What, a, what an amazing opportunity to be able to do that. So thank you so much. Now it says that it's on the two days, 23rd of February and the 24th of February, but all we need to do on the 24th of February is come to church and be open to people. Because we've, I've invited Julia Grace to be here on that day, and she's going to be talking about, um, more about the whole journey of, of mental, uh, emotional wellness um, that, that is such an, uh, a needed thing in our community. And she's been doing stuff on Rima and producing um, podcasts and things, so her, her understanding is just rising and rising. And so part of on the Saturday will be just to offer the opportunity for people that have a flyer or printed up to be able to go out and, and to come back. You know, this day is so important because often people have been in the church for about a year, and they say, you know, I never knew the church did that. For instance, do you know we have a foot clinic operating in the church here? There's a handful of hands, but if you need your feet, um, toes, toenails cut, <laughs> and your feet cleaned, and you are over 65, <laughs> or if you know your parents need their toenails cut, <laughs> or your neighbour, and it operates every month. And you know, as people are sitting there just massaging these older folks' feet, and, and we get told, they have to book in because there aren't, there's only a certain number of places, and we get told we really want to come to your foot clinic because of the personal care that actually is taking place. And you know, people are just talking to them about their lives 
And then conversations about spiritual things come up and conversations about family and it goes on a little bit longer than it's supposed to and they kind of, you know, their foot's just really nice. You can put it on the table. It's that nice. That's just one of the ministries that's operating from the church here. There's a whole lot more. If, you're, if your profile this way is a little bit larger than you want it to be, do you know we have a walking group on a Monday? So if you're over 60, no, if you're over 50, and you're free on Monday, just come along. All sorts of places they go and ventures that they have, but the friendships and the conversations that grow and take place. Do you know we're in schools around here? Every afternoon, every holiday is offering holiday programs to children and, and freeing parents who are working so that the kids are in doing all sorts of amazing things that starts right early in the morning and goes right through to the, afternoon, uh, to, to the evenings. Every single holidays. And today is so important because we're outlining some of the things that we do and you can get, begin to get a grasp of the bread. But it's the breadth of... And you know, Alison, would you stand up? Alison's the one who actually... Come on, Alison. Favour me. Alison's the one who started the kids' program. She deserves a real round of applause for But just being able to, to um, love into kids' lives, it's incredible. I better watch how I'm going because I haven't started the message. <laughs> but, but today's so important because you're hearing about some of these things. And like me, inside of you, you'll be going, wow, I'm, I'm so inspired. And I hope it inspires you to live your Christian life. In a, in a way that says, Jesus, whatever you want me to do, I'm up for it. I want the adventure. I want to be about other people's lives as well as my own life and my own family. But I want to have input out into other people's lives as well. You know, the devil's had too much opportunity in people's lives, hasn't he? But you know what Jesus said? He said, I'm the light of the world. And God showed that, in fact, the first things that, thing that God said when he started everything was light. Let there be light. And then when he sent Jesus into the world, the Son of God coming as a tiny little baby, what is there but a light? The people who are really switched on in terms of studying stars go, this is special. And look, it's moving. Get some camels. <laughs> we'll follow it to wherever it goes and Jesus just said I'm the light I'm the light he got into common groups like this and he said I'm the light pretty if he, if he was a madman it's a pretty brash thing to say but you know what light does into darkness even a match it just totally dispels it so Love Sits St. Albans is all about light going out into places where people are battling darkness all the time. And God wants to just, God wants to just bring the 
the light that is in us out into our community more and more and more. Let me, let me talk about this. Our mission is really just a continuation of Jesus' mission, and Jesus' mission is, is, is outworked in, in us being involved. But let me read those, those words again. Basically, what we see for the future of this church, the next decade at least of this church, is what we're going after is transformed lives and a healthy community. If you want to just put it in a real nutshell, and I've pinched this, transformed lives and a healthy community. But I can't think of anything better, and the elders have, have been thinking about it and thinking about it. If you want to sum up what the church is actually about, it's about transformed lives and healthy community. And this next season is about being presence-seeking, going after God's presence. And I can't tell you how often, in fact, I was uh, at a meeting in Auckland, and some people said, I'm going to be coming to your church, and I'm really looking forward to it, because I've heard about the way that your church family worships. And the things, I just want to experience it. I just want to be there. And this was people from South Auckland who have heard about what God does in our worship services here. Of the presence of God just being amongst us, energizing us, filling us. John Wimber used to say that everything should flow out of worship. And, and actually, you probably don't know, some of you don't know, but you, you weren't, yeah. When, when I grew up, when I, when I first went to church, it was, you came into the church and the, the rule was silence. Do you remember that? So those of you that are older, you were not, and you were frowned at, you were glared at if you spoke. You came in, you sat down, you were quiet. And I remember bringing the guitar into church for the first time when I was about 13, 14. And the battles. Church is so different today. Incredibly, incredibly different. But you know, as we go after the presence of God, God just energizes. God speaks. God touches. God releases. And you know, he doesn't say, you're having it whether you want it or not. He gives us the opportunity to engage deeper and more and deeper or not. And we believe that if we go after the presence of God, Moses said, God, because God said to Moses, I'm prepared to send an angel with the people of God, but I'm not going. And Moses said to him, God, if your presence doesn't go with us, we're not going to walk from this spot either. And everything opened up for Moses and then Joshua and coming into the promised land because of the presence of God. And so as an eldership, we believe this is the absolute starting point. And, and living transformed lives in both church and trust. And we will be a family of people who encounter God, move in the gifts of God's Spirit, experience miracles and healings regularly. And you know what Mark spoke about? That's not small. I am dead scared when I see people coming forward in, in wheelchairs to be prayed for. And yet, here is someone in our church little old St. Albans Baptist in Christchurch who has a testimony 
toes are moving, I can do it. And standing up. I don't know whether you get that. But if you're ever the one who's been asked to pray for the person in the wheelchair, if that happens for you, you won't sleep that night. Because God turned up and did something absolutely amazing. And you know, I believe that as we keep pressing and believing for this, we will see more. We, we see the first fruits. But hey, there's a whole lot beyond that. I believe we'll get to the time when people are saying, if you're sick, go along to that church. Because so many good things happen to people who go along to that church. Go, see what God does. And they'll say that to people right out, out in the community out there. And we'll be a people who encounter God and move in the gifts of God's spirits and experience miracles and healings regularly and share the goodness of God as well as the message of, of the love of Christ contagiously. I believe that's our future. That's what I've been saying for the last few years on this day. We are going to learn, and God has a journey for us to learn how to contagiously, naturally, without fear very much, share about Jesus with people who don't know him. That's the future of this church. It's one of the futures of this church. And we'll reach out to children and families of all ethnicities in our area every week. This church started from a Sunday school. They knew it. Little Sunday school planted over here from Oxford Terrace. Go and, go and plant a Sunday school in this person's house. And the person, person saw this, this group of kids slowly grow into a fully functioning church about 92 years ago. So it's in the roots that we must look after the children in our area. When we look after the children, the church will flourish. And what are we seeing? Dawn comes along with, Dawn's a big kid. Heather, you married a big kid. He just, uh, you know, he just, no, and you probably don't want him to grow up because when you see Don sitting on the, on the um, stage here with a couple of kids next to him, they, you can tell they love him. They feel safe with him. He's not a risky man. He's a safe man who, who genuinely cares for them and he knows them by name, and he knows what they've been up to, and he knows the latest badge they've been after. And when we care for the kids in our community and we provide this stuff, the church grows because it's in our DNA. Yes. And so we're going we're gonna to reach out to families of all ethnicities, and our youth and our young adults will be passionately love and follow God and be in love. They'll be in love. They'll be great. They'll have great relationships. But they'll be in love with God and they'll follow God and they'll become successful in life. I love it when I think of some of the people in business today. There have been just a few who have gone from here with a very simple, or they've just been like everyone else. But now they're the owners of big companies, employing staff in Australia and employing staff in New Zealand. And they believe the vision that God was giving to them is when they were youth, the youth group and growing up, and they followed that, and now they've been really successful in their lives. I love it when I see people who are really successful in their marriage and, and I've maybe taken their wedding or, or been part of the nurture of them and their life is just going forward and forward and forward and they're not stuck where so many Kiwis are stuck today. So our young people are going to be successful in life and our adults will become people who thrive in life. 
filled with hope and a kingdom mindset due to the wisdom of God that they're growing in. And that's why it's so important to be together. And, and, you know, we come together every Sunday and we get a concert and a motivational talk on how to do life well, backed by the King of Kings called, with, with his, the name of Jesus Christ. Where could you get better than that? Oh, I'd rather be at the beach. No, it's cold at the beach. Don't go to the beach. You go to the beach in the afternoon, it'll be warm. Where could you get better than being together with the body of Christ and getting built up? Somewhere where the sin and the shame can be given to the Lord, just acknowledged before Him as a righteousness that He gives us to be able to, with our heads up, go, no, I'm royalty. I've got a right to be there. I've got a right to live like this. I've got a right to be able to influence people. I don't have to be a worm. I don't have to be a mouse. I don't have to be scared of everybody else. God grows us up. I actually don't believe personality is set for life. When I came to Christ, I was a timid, uh, shy, little white boy. And now, I don't feel like a timid, shy boy. I'm still white. (laughs) So I marry someone who's got this lovely skin, and my kids mostly get the lovely skin. Although I've got one daughter who says, Dad, how come I got your complexion? How did I get there? Filled with life and thriving in life, filled with hope. And our, our seniors will flourish in their old age. You know, the Bible says that our seniors can be like um, palm trees planted by an oasis and thriving into their old age. Water that no one else has. Just flowing up the, the, from the, the through their toes up into their lives, energizing, alive. I reckon old age is a hundred plus. I'm not intending to get old till I'm over a hundred. What about you? You see, this church has a lot of folks around my age because I'm the pastor here, so I do tend to attract. People of a similar age, you know, but it's a church that bends to the young people. It's a church that says, young people, you've got a place right now in the kingdom of God. Did you see how many women were up here? Did you see how many young people, youngish people were up here? (laughs) We've always done that. We've always said, look, I now go to Christian... um, uh, conferences, and I don't like some of the songs. So I bring them back here and we sing Because <laughs> if I like everything, the young people hate it, some of them. We've been to the young people. We want the next generation coming through and the generation below that. To love Jesus and to worship him in a contemporary way for them. I think it's great that I now don't like one or two songs. I like most of them. Means that we've got it about right with the worship. No get plugs aren't that bad. <laughs> They're a good commodity, please. Some. And our our worship will um uh, develop a sound and a creative expression. God's prophetically been saying to us, this is, this is a big part of, of what I'm building in this church, and it's a certain sound 
And we're exploring how can we take that further afield? How can we release that so that others in the body of Christ can enjoy that as well? And, and as I say, you know, I'm so surprised. People around the nation um, do, from time to time, talk to me about what we get to experience on a weekly basis. And they say, I've got to be there because where we are is so dry. Actually, I may be But that's why they're wanting it. And our church will be contemporary in nature, yet absolutely committed to the gospel. Have we got a, re- a response? <laughs> um, I, I don't know, actually. Um, I, I, think, I think God's just doing something different today amongst us. Um, so we haven't got the results back yet. Five minutes. Hey, can we have that um, that uh, thing about the gospel? Actually, I, I want to tell you a story. Um, I was with Kim Peters during the week, and Kim is the regional mission leader. He's, he's taken over the role that Morris Atkinson had, um, and he's the, the overall leader in our association area of churches. And Kim actually led Tory. Tory, can you stand led Tory to the Lord. And, and um, he was just telling me, and, and I, I reckon, you know, if we, can, if we can just change the box, put on new glasses, um, however you want to view it, about sharing things about Jesus with others, you know, we can, we can actually make this just normal Christianity with people. Kim started off by saying to me, he said, we were at the Hui together uh, two weeks ago, and he was staying in an Airbnb with another pastor, and he said it was really embarrassing because this other pastor, he, he was sitting down with the Airbnb host, and the other pastor was sharing with them about the gospel in a way that the people weren't interested in. And he said it was so bad because he said it made him feel bad, and he knew that the people weren't really interested in knowing about Jesus, that the pastor, this other pastor was sharing. And, and it just he said, you know, we've got to get to the stage where we care about the person. We're really listening to their body language, and we're looking at their body language. We're listening to the, the questions. We don't give them more than they're asking for. We answer the things that they're actually talking about. And when we do it in that kind of way, so I said, did you do anything? And Kim goes, no, I just I, I didn't get the opportunity to. But, but you know, he, what Kim wanted to say was, be quiet. You've said too much. But he said, I did lead Tori, who's in your church, and we were just chatting about Tori and Bart, um, to the Lord. And I said, oh, tell me. He said, well, they were doing, he was doing pre-marriage for course for Bart and for Tori. And they were in a cafe, and, and he said, we got to this part, and there's a reasonable hubbub in the cafe, and Bart goes to Tori, ask him. And, and Tori's, and so, ah, no, ask him, ask him. So she says, how do you become a Christian? And how do you become a Christian today? And, and, and so Kim said, this was just this amazing opportunity to be able to share with someone who was really, really wanting to know. And he said, it was, it was so interesting because he said, other people who were having their coffees got up, went out, and left. And he said, it's, the whole room just went really quiet. So I don't know where the sun stayed, but the lot actually just left. 
And he said for about 10 minutes, we had no interruptions in a silent room, and I was able to share with Tori about the love that Jesus has for her and what um, uh, uh, the problem of sin in our hearts that, that creates a barrier between us and God and how Jesus has paid the price to be able to forgive us if we want to ask him and, and to, to um, uh, whether she wanted to follow Jesus today. And she said yes. And I believe we prayed right in the cafe. Yeah, and become a Christian right here. But everyone had gone. Isn't that cool? It's cool, eh? And Kim is very aware of what's going on. He's sensitive, in other words, to what the Holy Spirit's doing and what people are thinking and, and the whole scene. And Bart, of course, Bart came, uh, Tori and Bart came here, and Bart uh, went on one of our Alpha courses, and that was the way that God led Bart into a salvation experience for him as well, because it's so different for every single person. I'll bet, I'll bet you were saved in a different way from the person next to you. Would I be right? Have, ask them a question, where did you get saved? And if you're not saved, please feel very comfortable just to say, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but just ask someone next to you, where were you when, when you actually made a commitment to Christ? And by the way, if you're not saved, if you've never made that commitment to Christ, but you're here, good on you. You are really, really, really welcome. Because you're on that you're on that journey. Yep. Ah. We've got another thing. I think that the next, as soon as we start going out into the community, we will find that God is more active out there than we've ever, ever realised. And, and um, I've asked Don if he would come up and, and just in, uh, give a bit of an interview with Robert um, about that journey to, to, to what God is doing and towards Christ um, for him. So, Robin, would you like to, to come forward? Can we just welcome Robin again? Some of the story about four weeks ago, um, but you'll get a much better update on it right now. Right. Am I on? Yeah. Yes. Welcome, Robin. So this is Robin Alderson. Uh, I met Robin about just over three years ago when Soul started coming. Her son Soul started coming to Pokemon's. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, and, and we've got to know um, Robin since then, and, and then Grace has started coming to the Icons for Girls as well, and um, it was a, a really good opportunity. You did hear a little bit a couple of weeks ago, there's, there's kind of a part two to it as well, but perhaps Robin, if the first part of it you'd just like to share, started around a particular event. Sure, thanks Don. So, um, sadly my brother John passed away um, about four weeks ago um, now. Um, he lives up in Auckland and I'm from Auckland. Uh, first of all, I didn't know if I was going to get up to Auckland, but I just trusted that I was going to. And I had a bit of a godsend and someone paid for me to get up there. Um, so that was the first godsend. And the second one, I was feeling a bit lonely, I guess. My mum lives up in Auckland. Um, and I said to one of my friends, well, I just feel like I need a mother, sort of like a mother nurturing, someone to nurture me right now while I'm grieving. 
and um, that was that week. And I caught the um, 6.30 flight up to Auckland. I'm not a morning person, so I was quite happy to sort of sit in my own space and um, be with myself. However, this woman and the two women um, rocked up next to me and sat next to me, one in the aisle seat and one in the middle. I was, uh, sorry, one by the window, I was in the aisle. Um, so it was a mother and daughter. Um, the daughter was about 21, so the mother was a bit older. And anyway, morning, morning. Um, and then the mother and I started chatting. It was, she was a really lovely lady. We were just having a really nice conversation. Um, and then I asked her why was she going up to Auckland. And she said she was going up for a shopping spree. Excuse me, um, I wish it was me. I wish I was going up to Auckland for a shopping spree. But I was really happy for her. Um, she said they save up and they go. Um, and then she asked me why I was going up to Auckland for the weekend. Um, and I told her what happened. That sadly my brother passed away and I was going up for the service. Um, and in this moment, she just um, held my hand and she said, can I please pray for you? And for me, that was a real godsend because it was just what I needed at that very moment in that time. Um, and so she gave me the strength that I needed to carry myself through the weekend. With, I believe I had God with me. Um, and then when we, when we arrived in Auckland, she just gave me a massive big hug. And that was just what I needed at that moment too. Um, and, it, it, and I was driving, I hired a car and I drove, and I was a bit nervous because I haven't driven in Auckland for such a long time. It's changed, it's a big city now, it's changed. But even when I was driving, I just felt this white light around me, and I felt that was the presence of God. And I think that was exaggerated by me, by me meeting this woman. Um, so that was really special. And then just about two weeks ago? Yeah, so uh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, John and I were just about to get out for a meeting. Um, Robin had just pulled up at the church um, to pick up something from Lost Property. Walked across the car and said, Hey, how things going? And you said, You'll never guess who I mess in the mall. Um, yeah, so um, I was at the park shopping, and then all of a sudden, this woman was walking up to me, and it was Marge, the woman that I met on the plane. And she was really, well, Robert, really happy to see me, um, gave me a big hug, and really said, How was the service? How was your mum? How was your sister? Um, and I felt really listened to I should, because I opened up a little part of who I was with this strange woman, but I felt really at peace too. Um, so it was like I was meant to be there in that moment to see her again. And I gave her my business card and I said, maybe we can catch up for coffee one day. If it happens, great. If it doesn't, it was that moment that I felt that it was really special. And then I was meant to, I think, um, at this time, Don and John were walking, and I came here, and I was meant to see you both at that time too, to share what had happened, because I wouldn't have done it otherwise. So that was a godsend for me as well. And, and what you may not know from that is that the timing for that was absolutely perfect as well. John and I were actually heading out a little bit earlier. What had happened is, like, 
had a um, windscreen getting fixed, so Novus had turned up to fix that. And I thought, actually, I can't leave and not pay the guys. So ended up being delayed a little bit, getting that sorted out. And it was just as we were walking out from that that we saw you. You know what? Encountering God happens in what seems like the smallest situations, but God is interested in every detail. And, and he's interested in the detail of, of feeling like someone's mothering you and caring for you at a time when you need it. Uh, of, of showing actually that not just as he interested in that moment, but the moment in the mall, there was a follow-up that God's just showing you again, look, I'm still thinking of you, I'm still here for you, I still love you. Um, and that's, that's so encouraging. Thank you, Robin. Um, now, you, you did mention also to me at one stage about um, some other healing that's come out of this terrible situation in terms of your relationship with your sister. Um, yeah, so they do say that sometimes a tragedy can bring families closer together. Um, I've been disconnected with my sister uh, for the last 20 years um, for reasons. Um, but anyway, and I was dreading, I don't really like to think about it, but it's reality. I was dreading the time that my, when my mum passes in, in Auckland. I was actually feeling quite anxious about um, my brother and my sister and me getting together and how I was going to be, how was I, how was I going to cope with all of that. Um, and after I connected, I went up to Auckland straight away and I saw Joy, my sister, I haven't seen her in 20 years. Um, we just gave each other a big hug and said, let's put the past in the past, get bygones, get bygones, it's, we, there's nothing we can do about it. It's just me and you, it's just me and you, there's no job anymore. Um, so let's be family because it's really important. And there was that mutual moment that we just connected again. And then I stayed with her on the weekend and she lives in a, um, like a apartment, like a hotel. She's only got one room and I stayed in her bed. <laughs> I haven't seen her for 20 years, but anyway, because of that, we really made a beautiful connection. And we talked and we talked and we talked and we just, um, and she was doing a breast um, cancer walk, um, the pink walk. And I said, Do you know what I'm going to do it with you? And so I just went and got a pink tutu and you know, did the pink thing. It was pouring down with rain um, in Auckland, typical. Um, <laughs> but it didn't stop us, and Joy and I, we were, we were dancing. We were, we were celebrating just being together and dancing in the rain. We were the only ones, but we didn't care. And you can see all these photos of us. It's Joy and Robin dancing in the rain um, on the breast cancer website. It was quite funny, so I'm kind of famous. Um, <laughs> and pink's not my colour, but anyway, it's lots of fun. But I really, it was just that chance that I had connected with my sister again, so it just will make it easier now. To, to be a family. Pink's not my colour either. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I think that shows again that you know the, the, the cry of Robin's heart was around needing that support, but God's actually provided other things as well. You know, He's, he's the God of and then some. You know, and, and I think that's a great illustration of you know the and then some happening that healing and restoration has happened in a family. Thanks, Robert. Thank you.